It is I. The boy. I'm back. Um, man, what 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 has happened? It's been a it's been a it's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks. I had to you know collect some some news. And boy, do I got news. Let's go ahead and just start with the the bank in Silicon Valley that collapsed over the weekend. It literally collapsed. What is it today? It collapsed on Saturday because today's uh, the 13th. Um, we're in trouble as a country. <laughs> and we, I already knew that, you know what I'm saying? Just based off of the war in Ukraine and our willingness to 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 stick our nose in it just so early you, you know what i'm saying like my and, and i'm not saying that we shouldn't help people or that we shouldn't care about other problems that uh that transpire within the world and stuff like that because we are all connected we are you know we make we we are, we are the same molecules and we have the same type of atoms and the same type of hydrogen and all that shit from the earth like it's all within us from the earth and we are all somewhat connected you know what i'm saying the only thing that separates us is our experiences and our environment i believe but i feel like we shouldn't i'm not necessarily saying that we shouldn't like dive our nose into it and stuff like that but we should be more cautious on what we do um because and, and, and how it affects our country on the back end am i a politician no do I even like talking about politics? Hell no. But I have to now because the bank, the second largest bank, or the second, like the second, like this is the biggest collapse, like the second biggest collapse of a bank in this country. And the first one was Wamu in 2008. A lot of us don't remember that. Well, if you are of age, you will obviously remember. For me, I was six years old. So I don't necessarily remember the recession that happened. I knew times were tough, obviously, but first of all, I never really had shit growing up. Second of all, my parents, the the piggyback off the first point, my parents did the best they could. I want to throw that out there. I don't want to just seem like, oh, my parents were just no good people. No, 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 no. My parents did the best they could, but with they were uh, with 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 what they were working with. So I know that you know it is what it is. You know, shit happens things of that nature but this is a little different because this isn't from what i've been reading and stuff like that and we're definitely going to read an article um about this whole situation i from what i've from the brief knowledge that i've gathered the brief information that i gathered it definitely seems like a it seems like a federal issue it seems like so the problem is briefly before i read the article get into the article and such they, the interest rates were high, right? I think everybody knew that the interest rates were high. They were pretty high. That's why no one could, that's why the housing market is shit. That's why, um, you know, like I got a, I just got a car. The interest rates were so high on the car. I'm, I'm going to refinance my car, obviously, in about a year or so when the rates should be lowered. But I don't know because we are now, we are in the steps of being in a recession. Like we were taking those first few steps of being in a recession because this is how it happened. The banks fail, the banks collapse, or a bank collapses and then all of a sudden we don't people don't know where to put their money at and then the money doesn't have as much value and the interest rates are just too high for certain banks to for you for you to pay for certain banks and then boom. Now here we are. 
in Wamu's case, they had all this real estate and people were putting their money into this real estate. And then when the market crashed and they had nowhere to go with the money, oh shit, the real estate is not worth it's not worth anything anymore because the money's not good. So that's why we were in a recession back then. And granted, you know, Obama took us out of it in like what a year and a half or two. Um, but they kind of already had a plan. I feel like they had a plan for that, like because th- those type of things trend. You know what I'm saying? This for me, it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Um, so the interest rates were high, right? Everybody's paying for it because we are in a country we are in debt. And we are the reason why I bring up Ukraine is because we give them so much money. We're giving them so many resources. And war generates money. But we are not we're not we're not in direct conflict with Russia. So we're funding someone else's war, which in turn leaves us in a in a in a financial struggle in this country because we have to pay as the people. We gotta pay for we're pretty much paying for Ukraine. I'm going to be honest with you. We're paying to fund this war for Ukraine, which is very, very unfortunate because a lot of us, and it's not like we have a say in this shit. We don't have a say in this shit. And that's the problem with being so dependent upon the government. And and the government is, we're not dependent upon the government. I just realized the the government is dependent upon us. If we all decided to say, no, we're not going to pay for this. This is not what we want to take our money and do with our money and stuff like that. We want to have more say, more control. The government will listen. Because we paid their pockets, too. So they would have to listen. But that's besides the point. The point is we're funding someone else's war. So we're giving them money to indirectly fight this entity, this conglomerate, which Russia is not really a conglomerate anymore because their currency is shit. They're losing money left and right. They're using old-school war tactics to try to win this war because Putin, is a, it's an ego trip right now. Everybody in the other side of the country or the other side of the world is on an ego trip. It's on a power trip. So we don't know how that's going to end. And that's been going on for almost a year, I think, or, or it probably has been going on for a year now, close to it. So here we are now. Biden's giving them $33 billion. They're making tanks to send over there. They're making fighter jets to send over there. With what money, right? What money do we have that, what, what, with what money, you know? And I think that's the biggest thing that I've questioned because I can't necessarily understand what what money, you know, like I would assume that they would have had something in the reserve already, but they don't have any money in the reserve because there's no money. The, the gold, there's we can't the gold. There's no value to the gold. There's more paper than there is gold. That's why cash is not as valuable anymore. But. I think we need to take a break. We need to stop reallocate our funds. We need to honestly think because we're just doing shit, which is fine. Instead of taking a risk, I would say we need to take a calculated one, you know, as a country. Um, because what are we doing? If I were to ask these guys, how does this help us as a country? They couldn't even tell us how it would help us. Well, it would help us because how would it help us now? I don't give a damn about 15 years. I can't see 15 years. God willing, I am here for the next 15 years, but I cannot see 15 years from now. And the problem is these MFers don't give a damn because they're either in there for two years, four years, six years, eight years. Like they're not in the office. They're not making these decisions for so long. And these guys get the top flight security of the, of the fucking world. 
So whatever decisions that they make, it doesn't matter. And then people like us have to deal with the consequences, the repercussions, which makes no fucking sense because I did not say I wanted to do this. And I'm not even attacking Ukraine. I'm not attacking anything. I'm attacking my own country. I'm, que- I'm not even attacking. I'm questioning the integrity. What are we doing? People are losing jobs. People are losing their businesses. Startup businesses are going out because the interest rates are so high. Why are the interest rates high? Well, we're paying for a, we're funding a war for no apparent, we're, we're funding a war to help these people get free. It's a great thing. But also, how is this going to affect us now? They can't answer that question. They can't. You literally, literally they cannot. Because we're not even gaining money from this whole Ukraine situation. Because you know why we're not gaining money? Ukraine has no money. So we're giving them money on the, on the premise that, you know what, we're going to fund this war for you guys. In turn, you will forever be in debt to the United States of America. But how long will that take for them to get back on their own two feet? That country is a war zone. How long will that take before we could get some type of import from them? How long will it take for us to be able to trade with Ukraine? How long will it take? Because now we're just giving them shit. And like I said, I'm not saying that it's wrong that we're helping them out. I'm saying we're not even thinking about how it's affecting our own people. That's why people look at this country and be like, what the hell are you guys doing? You guys are so worried about everybody else's shit. And you guys are not even worried about what y'all got going on here. We still got homelessness. We still have an obesity problem in this country. And all I see is just, I don't see a lot of homeless people no more. I see a lot of homeless people uh, falling into the residential areas because they've been kicked out of the city when there's a lot of abandoned buildings within the city that they could honestly turn into sanctuaries and house those people in. So that's one problem. And instead of showing so many goddamn McDonald commercials, we should honestly be promoting more health. We should be promoting more gym commercials. We should be promoting more healthy lifestyle. Because it's not about your diet. It's about your lifestyle. When you become obese or overweight, it's about the lifestyle. It's not about what you eat. Because I eat a lot of junk food myself. I eat a whole bunch of bullshit. But I have abs of a Greek god. I have abs of a Greek god. Of an Egyptian god. And I eat junk food. I eat the McDonald's and shit like that. Maybe not McDonald's, but I eat like Wendy's and shit like that. Chick-fil-A, come on. I wish it was open on Sunday. That's how good Chick-fil-A is. I have the abs of an Egyptian god. So the problem I have, it's a lifestyle thing. And it's also a mental thing. They make us docile. They make us docile. They're like, okay. Because they know food's good. Food is a great comfort for a lot of people. And, you know, we have a lot of, like... We have a lot of mental health uh, issues in this country because we are not promoting the right lifestyle. You are what you eat. So if you get a lot of sloppy and slow shit, guess what you're going to be? Sloppy and slow. And then you're going to lose all your motivation. And then once you lose motivation, you lose your purpose. And once you lose your purpose, you become depressed. Everything is tied to one another. When the country doesn't care about us, they go focus their efforts somewhere else. It affects, it affects us. 
Now, maybe the whole obesity and that tangent was something different, but still, it still affects us. We don't promote healthy. We don't promote a healthy lifestyle in America. What is any? What is healthy about America? I'm gonna be honest with you. What is healthy? People are greedy as fuck. That's not healthy. People don't love thy neighbor, but we preach that shit in the Bible. People are so Christian and Catholic, and we're so religious here. But oh, we don't love. Ah, oh, but I'm greedy still. How do you love thy neighbor and you're greedy? So now you're contradicting your word. And I was raised, your word is your bond. Your word is your bond. Scarface said it. And people love quoting that movie, but I'm like, you're not even taking the principle from it. He said, I got two things in this world. My balls and my word, and I don't break them for no one. When I seen that scene, I said, okay. That's all I needed to know. You got two things. As a man, your balls and your word, you're going to live up to them. Are you going to stand on your, your words? And I'm not breaking my back or my balls for anybody. And that's a fact. And I haven't done that yet. So I feel like I'm on the right track as far as being an integral person, integral man, a man of principle. But it just seems to me these guys are so, they guys, these guys don't care. And, these, and a lot of these, uh, and, uh, we got to question the people in power. Because they don't give a damn. And it's very unfortunate. People are, like I said, losing their companies. Losing livelihoods. They have to now pivot, like a crazy pivot. The bank just collapsed two days ago. Probably more so on a Friday. But nonetheless, it just collapsed within a week. It happened so fast that people can even pro- people are still trying to process what the hell just happened, and that's the very very sad part, because in this life, in this society, especially in this country, you do not have time to process anything, because you, your bills still got to be paid, you still got to get up, you still got to try to figure out work, whatever the case may be, but. It, it, it's on us. It's a it's a us problem. It's not a it's not a a world problem. It's a a United States of America problem. And if you ain't rich, you struggling. And that's the sad shit. Come on, we love thy neighbor. So how come we not helping the poor people out? Y'all preach the Bible so much in this country. Why don't we? Why don't we help thy neighbor? Why don't we want to give them free health care? Why don't we want to help the homeless people out? Why don't we want to address the mental health issues within this country? Why don't we want to promote a more healthy lifestyle? Why don't we? Do we really love thy neighbor? Or do we want to exploit thy neighbor? And I'm telling you, it ain't the former, it's the latter. Here we go. Here's the article. From New York Times. So you could take this with a grain of salt, but it says it live updates. I'm going to scroll. Get the it live updates like just now. Live update. Okay. Here we go. I was getting ready to say, I, I'm not paying for this, dude. <laughs> I'm not paying for this. Um. 
Here we go. It's not that long of an article. I'm trying to find it. Here it is. The article is called, Why Did Silicon Valley Bank Collapse? Deal unpacks what caused the biggest U.S. bank failure since the 2008 financial crisis and what might come next. A recession will probably come after from this. By Andrew Ross. Forgive me if I butcher your names. I'm trying not to. Ross uh, Sorkin, Ravi Matu, Bernard Warner, Sarah Kessler, Michael J. Del De La Merced, Mercy, Mercy. I don't know. Sorry about that, my brother. Uh, Lauren Hirsch and Efrit Levni. Levni. I'm so sorry, my brothers and sisters, if I butchered your names. But here we go. A bid to reassure investors goes a worry. The failure of Silicon Valley Bank was caused by a, a run of the bank. The company was not, at least until clients started rushing for the exit, insolvent uh, or even close to insolvent. But banking is an enterprise that relies as much on confidence as on cash as that it runs out. I don't know if I read that right, but banking is an enterprise that relies as much on confidence as cash, and if it runs, and if that runs out, the game's over. So, obviously, the more confident the bank is, the more sure of themselves, the more people that are going to sign up for the bank, so on and so forth. But if there's no confidence, there's no assurity in the bank, there's no self-belief in the bank, there's no belief in the bank, but from the clients, from the people that work there, so on and so forth, it runs out. Let's keep going. The collapse may have been an unforced, self-inflicted error. The bank's management close uh, chose to sell 21 billion of bonds at a 1.8 billion loss. In large part, it appears many of these bonds were yielding on average of only 1.7 percent at the time when interest rates had risen drastically and the bank was starting to look like an un underperformed relative to its peers. Moody was considering downgrading its rates. The bank's management, which help, which with the help of Goldman Sachs, its advisor, chose to raise new equity from the venture capital firm General Atlantic and also to sell a convertible bond to the public. It, is, it isn't clear if the bond sale or the fundraising, at least initially, had been made under duress. It was meant to reassure investors, but it had the opposite effect. It so, it's, it so surprised the market that it led the bank's very smart client base on venture capitalists to direct their portfolio clients to withdraw their deposits in mass the bank and its adverse may have also had made a tactical mistake. The general Atlantic equity investment could have been completed overnight, but the bank's management also chose to sell convertible preferred stock, which couldn't be sold until the next day. That time left for investors and, more importantly, clients to start scratching their heads and sow doubt about the firm, leading to an exodus of deposits. There will be a detailed post-mortem of the bank's failure in the coming weeks and months. For now, it looks like the collapse could have been avoided. It happened because management bungled or, bun or just they just didn't communicate it the right way, uh, created a vacuum of confidence, but underlying the failure was a, a demonstrable problem. One eye to keep open on is for other banks. The company had invested its deposits in low interest rate bonds that held on into its books on a long-term hold-to-maturity basis. That means that it did not have to mark to market these bonds until they were sold, leaving investors with somewhat distorted view of its balance sheet. 
so so long as the bank doesn't need to sell hold to maturity assets to meet withdrawal requests there's no problem but if the bank has to sell at a loss that's when things get complicated we are likely to hear more from washington about bank regulation, it appears the bank management successfully lobbied regulators in 2015 to loosen rules that might have prevented it from taking some type of risk. Risk it did. The Lever News organization reported about reported about the testimony that the company's president made to the Senate at the time seeking to weaken some rules. So far, Silicon Valley Bank seems like an outlier given its unique cir circumstances and unusual client base. It has very few typical retail customers at J.P. Morgan's. Michael, uh, my brother, I'm sorry, I'm about to uh, butcher this. Skimbalist uh, wrote in a note to investors on Friday, but there's already nervousness about some other small and regional banks. In the intermediate term, the most pressing problem this presents is for Silicon Valley itself. Venture capitalist firms that use their bank may struggle to gain their access to the money, to their money, and possibly that of their limited partners, including pension funds that have forward money intended for investments. This in turn may make it hard to fund current and new investments or to rescue other companies inside and outside their portfolios. DealBook is already hearing about a secondary sales of private shares to fund both businesses and individuals. Silicon Valley Bank may be finished, but the fallout from its collapse is only just the beginning to be felt. Like I said, a recession. Now, we're in trouble. They have the same fear with other banks. I just found out this morning when I woke up, another bank similar to the Silicon Valley Bank, not saying it was that big, had just collapsed in New York. It just like it just failed. It just, you know, the interest rates are too high for people to pay. And so people got to get their money out of there because they're not 100% sure that the bank's going to lower the interest rates. And the, obviously they didn't. And that was from the federal. And, and you know, they're saying, well, it could have been easily avoided. I don't think so. Because how is this? How could this be easily be avoided? How? How could it have been? We're just saying that in hindsight because what they should have. We're saying that it could have been avoided if they would have took a right instead of a left. But the way things were going, they had to take that left because we were forced left. It's not like we had an option to go right. So, or they had an option, Silicon Valley Bank had an option to go right. They tried to talk to them to lower the interest rates, but nope, everybody's interest rates is high as shit. So, they're like, well, you're going to have to suck it up. And then, like, well, what does that mean? So, now people don't have a bank. Some people don't even have a bank no more. Think, imagine that. Imagine that. Imagine people not having a bank no more. It's fascinating to me. It's fascinating. And that article is from the New York Times, so like I said, take that with a grain of salt because people are getting the peer review of the peer review of what the hell is really going on. They're getting the word of mouth. They're not really they're not actually there. It will probably won't know to what actually happened until like a few months later. This is just all new for everybody. But I'm upset because it just seems like they, they're going to care for a couple weeks, and then it's just going to go back to the wayside. But they can't, honestly. They can't because it affects everybody. And more regional, it's just said, more regional banks and local banks are having a similar problem. 
because the interest rates are too high and they're small the smaller the bank is the more the smaller the people number of people is and if the people don't want to pay those interest rates then they're going to pull their money or if they don't have the confidence of that the bank's going to do what they're supposed to do they're going to pull their money then now the bank then there's nowhere to put your money at it could be a ploy to put to have everybody put their money in like bigger banks and stuff like that um it could be one of those things i don't know I just know that a lot of people lost their companies. A lot of people have lost their jobs. And I'm pissed. I'm pissed that we're saying this could have been avoided, but how come it wasn't? That's why I'm pissed. They just said it in the article. It could have easily been avoided. But why wasn't it avoided then? That's the problem. Everything could have been avoided. Shit, if I rolled my ankle, that could have been avoided. But it didn't. I didn't. I couldn't avoid it then. Oh, yeah, if I would have just never, I don't know, stepped on the guy's foot, it could have been avoided. Yeah, but you stepped on the guy's foot. Now I rolled my ankle. So it's easy to say it could have been avoided in hindsight. Obviously, this happened two days ago. So that's why I said take this article that I read with a grain of salt. If you want to do more research into it, definitely do more research into it. Because I am. Because the interest rates and shit like that affect everybody. And that's not a bank thing. That's a federal government thing. When you unless you unless you're insu- but even if you got a credit a credit card through your bank, it's still the fa- it's still a government thing. So the interest rates are crazy. We as a country, we're fucked. Um, we don't know what we're doing, and the reason why everybody's so confused is because our the people that we appoint as leaders are confused. You know, the president can barely you know. The president could barely speak. I don't know where the vice president's at. She's sitting somewhere. She's sitting pretty wherever the hell she's at. And like I said, I'm, I said attack earlier. That was the wrong word. I love this country. That's why I'm so passionate about this. Because I love this country. And I know the potential that it could be. Because I know the potential of human beings. But what the hell are we doing? That's what I, I question. I question these guys. I question the higher powers. What are we doing? Do you guys not care? No, they don't. And it's unfortunate because good people, good hardworking people who had the confidence and the surety of the bank that nothing was going to happen, everything was going to be good, have now lost potentially their businesses. You know? It's just sad. We're in a we're in a confusing time, and there's nothing that anybody can do about it apparently. So there's that. So that's what's going on as far as like the country goes. Is you know we're we're in serious trouble. But on on a more, I don't even know if this is a more lighthearted note because it's still we're still dealing with a lot of just you know wow. Really? Like, this is what's going on. The theme of, like, what's going on in society within this country is just, wow, really? So, John Morant, I don't know if I talked about this before. I don't think I did. It's a parade inside my city. That's the problem. That's the problem. And as a black man in this country, here's the thing. I'm an introvert. I like to read books. I have a philosophical approach to life. I believe we are all connected. I believe we all need to sit down and really talk about our problems. We need to go over a lot of things. Everybody needs to seek therapy for sure. 
but as a black man in this country, I never understood the phenomenon of wanting to be something that you're not. And and that's a self-identity thing. Um, but it's it's weird when you get money that you're just, I'm, I'm going to be hood now. I'm going to be this, I'm going to be that. I'm not saying Ja Morant wasn't that. I'm not saying that. Ja could be the realest you-know-what in the world, as far as I'm concerned. And I still believe he's a man of principle and he's a man of integrity, so on and so forth. So he could be the realest you-know-what. But why? How come? What was the what's the point? You know what I'm saying? And it's a lifestyle thing. That that right there, like I said earlier, that's the lifestyle that little kids I'm grown. Okay? John Morant is like four years older than me. I'm not listening to that nigga. <laughs> he ain't gonna influence me to change my decisions and stuff like that. That he ain't lived long enough to influence me in any type of way. But what about somebody who's 14 years old? I was heavily influenced by Tupac. I was watching Tupac interviews when I was from 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 14 years old, from fr- when I first stepped into high school till I exited high school. I was watching Tupac interviews, Nip Hustle interviews, Jay Z interviews. Those are the people that I was influenced by. Now, Nip was a crip. Jay-Z was a street, he was a hustler. Tupac was in the streets too. So I'm not saying these guys, that I, I'm not, I took their words and what they were saying, the principle of their words and what they stood on. Tupac was about this. Now Tupac got the short end of the stick because people didn't understand where he was coming from. There was a lot of radical, they would call it radical energy. I would just call it he wanted to make change and he wanted to push forward that change. They would call it radical. I would just say he wanted to make change. And his parents were Black Panthers. So if you grew up around that environment, you're going you to definitely want to see some change because you already know what the hell's going on. You're not oblivious to it. Nip was a hustler. Jay-Z was a hustler. They told me you got to get on your money. You stack your money, stack your chips. Now you can move how you want to move. Now you can do what you need to do. You know what I'm saying? So I heeded those words and, those, and that advice from those, from those gentlemen. And their actions backed it up. Nip got the money and was building and was building basketball courts in, in the hood and putting STEM programs because he knows that there are kids like that in the hood, but they just don't they're not afforded the opportunities. You gotta go all the way out to LA, downtown LA. I'm not saying LA, but you gotta go you gotta go far. You gotta go Silicon Valley to go get an opportunity, to go get a look. When the look should be in the ho- at home. You should be getting noticed and put on at the crib. That's what Nip was about. Jay-Z, I don't know. He he kind of waned off. He became over a billionaire. You know. But he taught me about the hustle. He taught me that this country is a hustle. And you got to either be a hustler or you're going to get hustled. So you got to stay with it. So when people, when kids look at John Morant, they see somebody, they see themselves. I see myself. Handsome black man with long hair, tattoos, trying to trying to make trying to trying to trying to change the the history of his family, trying to be he is the breadwinner and he has changed the history and the legacy of his family. That is something that I want to accomplish. That is something that a lot of fourteen year olds, thirteen year olds, twelve year olds that be doing the gritty, that want locks and all the shit. They want that. You know what I'm saying? Now, 
it it I don't think you know we should be on him so tough. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, it is an environment thing. It's a lifestyle thing. I will say this though. I'm not mad that he's flashing a gun. What I used to do in high school, we're not even gonna talk about it. But I will say this. He has to understand his position in life and how it could be taken away like that. Now, cause they used to they used to care about you on a personal level, but these these NBA owners and GMs and stuff, but now they're like, well, is this guy mature enough? Now I'm just going to use him as a basketball player. I don't even care about the person, John Morant. I, I, I'm not saying that this is what the Grizzlies owner or GM is thinking, but this is the collective conscience of a lot of NBA owners and a lot of professional sport team owners. They don't give a damn. You are a number to them. That's why they draft you. That's why they look at you in the combine. That's why you get that number at the combine. They, they, because you're, because you are, a product. You know what I'm saying, and for Ja, I want, I, I hope my brother, understands that people are looking at him. You know what I'm saying. I hope he understands that, people want to be in the same position, people are heavily influenced by him, and people are heavily inspired by him. And. Little kids are impressionable. So when they see him flashing a gun and all this extra stuff, it's like, well, I can do that because he did it. And when you get money, that's how you do it. I guess. That's what they're saying. And, and that, I guess, is a questioning of their character. I guess that's what you do when you get money. So I'm going to go along with it. When The moment you say, I guess, to anything, that is like you need to double check like what you're within yourself like is this the right move because here i am saying i guess this is what you're supposed to do when you get money but that's not what you're supposed to do you know damn well that's not what you're supposed to do when you get money most people get money and go away and it's so opposite like people that don't have money get money and become hard and then people that from the streets get money it become on the other side it become a little softer their approach is a little different and that honestly you know i'm not saying that jaw wasn't real i'm not saying that jaw's not real jaw could be the realest mf in the world but you pointed apparently he pointed a laser sight at the pacers team bus they said it was him i don't know if it was it could have been somebody he was in the car with but nonetheless you're in the car with that person so if something were to go down you are an accomplice it said over the summer he was punching on this little kid, 17-year-old kid, probably talking shit during the pickup game. And now this happens. The whole gun in the strip club. Now, like I said, I, Jaw could be the realest you-know-what. And they let people get, they let people bring in weapons into the strip club and stuff like that, or into clubs, period, because you don't know. And I believe protect yourself at all times, but on every single occasion, especially as a black man in this country, you got to worry about racist white folks, you got to worry about racist police, and you got to worry about your own kind. Unfortunately, that's the dilemma that we are in. When you got money or you got something going for yourself, they want to snuff it out. So I, if I had to say anything to Ja, I would just say be careful. 
be cautious. Know that people are watching you. I, if I was him, I'd become more of a recluse. You know? Because if this is the lifestyle that you're promoting, what's going on? You know what I'm saying? And he just got the Nike deal. He just got the, he's got his first shoe and then this shit happens. You know? And now Nike's looking at that like, well, damn. Maybe we shouldn't have given this kid his first shoe. We'll take his contract away. Oh, okay, well, well, damn, maybe we shouldn't have. Whoever else is a sponsor? Like, I don't know, this kid's not, not mature enough. And that is what they think about all of us. That's not just Ja, that's everybody. That's every black kid. The moment we show a sign up, and I'm not saying we have to be on all 10, but that's why a lot of us are recluse. That's why I'm a recluse. Because in this world, you have to be, in this country, you have to be on all 10 on all times. It's hard to be like that. LeBron is a prime example. I don't even think LeBron goes out like that. You know why? Because LeBron just wants to be him. LeBron just wants to be Bron. He doesn't want to be LeBron James. Whenever he goes out, he's LeBron James. He's not just LeBron. At home, he's LeBron. He's babe to his wife. He's dad to his kids. And he's Bron when he's just by himself. He's just Bron. He's just doing what he's doing the shit Bron does. But when he's out in public, he's LeBron James. And that's how Ja got to play it. That's how a lot of black kids got to play it. If you want to survive in this world, you want to have money, got to be a recluse. You get the money. You, 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 I, was, I, was, I was listening to Ice-T this morning, one of his interviews, like a snippet from his interview. He said, people, people are hustling to be seen and grinding to be seen. I'm, I'm, I'm grinding and hustling to disappear. And I was like, that's a real thing. Because what are we doing it for? Do you want to be seen? Because Ja is not being known for his work on the court no more. He's known for being the immature kid that's flashing a gun in the strip club, that doesn't give a damn. Like, I'm not saying Ja don't give a damn. Ja does give a damn because reputation is everything, especially in this country. As a black man, all you got is your reputation. That's how you get a lot of shit in this country is your reputation. If it gets tarnished, you have nothing. People are not going to believe you. Your word is not your bond. You have no integrity, so on and so forth. You're not a man of principle because your reputation be got compromised. And I'm a huge John Morant fan, but I should not be talking about John Morant in this context. I, be, I should be talking about John Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies being the third seed, potentially competing for an NBA championship, going into the playoffs in the next month or so. Why the hell am I talking about John Morant Another black man. Why am I critiquing another black man when I should be bigging up another black man? Now, as a black man, I'm holding another black man accountable because that's what I would want somebody to do for me and mine. But we should already know that they're waiting. They're waiting to pull the chair from under us. They're waiting to pull the chair from underneath us. The moment we slip up, oh, we're pulling the chair. Sorry, sorry, kid. Sorry, son. They're waiting because it because it, it confirms their bias in their head. See, I told you this black kid wasn't ready for all none of this. He wasn't ready for this. He's immature. It feeds it. And then the cycle continues where they don't want to employ us and they don't want to hire us and they don't want to draft us and they don't. And, and then now we got to revert back to doing the street shit, selling drugs, slinging dope, going to jail. And then, and then the cycle keeps happening. 
It keeps happening. And athletes are the ones that break it. That's why I am, he- like, like athletes and entertainers are the ones that break through the cracks. And, 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 and I don't like when black people say, oh, we should not worship these athletes. Don't worship them, but we should be in awe of them. Could mean the same thing as worship. But what I mean of all, I should be like, we should try to get like that. We should try to have that principle of like, you worked so fucking hard to get to the top, to be the best of the best of the best at what you do, that now you could take care of your family. That's what we should be in awe about. Not the person. That's the problem. People can't look past the person. You got to look past what they mean. What what does John Moran mean to these black kids out here? What does he mean to the black to the black culture and black society? What does he mean? He means a lot. John Moran is a valuable mf'er. He's so valuable, and it would be very very unfortunate for him to get snuffed out by some street dude, or to get his contracts killed because of the immatureness. And it's immaturity. If I were to do the sa- that same shit, people would look at me like, bro, you're hella immature. Put the gun away. The gun should be only used for protection. And, he, and on top of that, he got the smallest fucking gun. <laughs> if I'm going to bring a gun, I'm bringing, the, I'm bringing a gun that's the same size as a Nerf pistol. That's one of them Nerf shotguns. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm going to bring some shit into a club, I'm bringing the biggest thing you could think of. He got the little pea shooter. What is that gonna do? I mean, it'll put somebody down, but it might take a couple. <laughs> Depending on where you hit him, you ain't putting them down. You're not putting them down. So that's my thing with Jaw. I want Jaw to understand, my brother. You are valuable. You are valuable, not only to these white folks that signed your contract. You are valuable. You're not really valuable to them because they can recoup their losses. They'll just sign another black kid, you know, somewhere. But to the culture and for black kids across this country, you are very, very valuable. You are, you're very valuable. You know, you are one of the best you're 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 your top 20 player top 15 player in the NBA currently and you ain't been playing the last two weeks or so but you're very valuable to the black people to little black kids all over the place my cu- one of my cousin's favorite players I believe is John Moran so you're valuable and I would hate for my cousin to get caught up in that same shit. I would tell him the same thing. What are you doing? You're playing not only with your money, you're playing with your livelihood. Like, I, I'm still the realest. I'm real. It don't get any realer than me. But I know how to maneuver. And that's it. He got to surround himself with the right people. There's too many yes men in his corner. And that's the problem with black people. Black, when, black, when black people get around money, it starts to become yes, 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 because they want the money too. They want to have that similar lifestyle. But you need to understand, you need to hold your brother accountable. If someone were to pull him aside and be like, brother, this is not you, my brother. You got this money. 
we need to go back. You want to have these strippers? You want to have a party? We, we got to bring it back to the hotel. We got to go get an Airbnb. We got to go somewhere safe because you are a hot topic, not only for these people that have invested so much money in you, but also black people. It's the good, bad, and the ugly. You got black people wanting to be yes men, and then you got black people on the other side of that coin that want to take you out because they want what you got or they're just jealous. And I don't want him to get caught up in that cycle. There's too many black people, black entertainers, black athletes, and like I said, black people that get caught up in that shit. I'm not saying go back to the hood. I'm not saying that. But if you go back to the hood, you got to make sure the hood holds you accountable. You got to make sure people in the hood tell you, bro, what are you doing? What the hell are you doing? You want to live like, you want to live like Meek Mill? Jay-Z? Nip, God rest his soul? Or do you want to live like one of us? And as soon as, and, and the only reason, and, and what separates them is the lifestyle. You got the money to change your life. I said it earlier, the people that get that, that, that are not in the streets get money, they want to go back to the hood. They want to go back to the streets. And the people that come from the streets want to get out of it because they understand this is not the life for me. It never was. And it never will be. So I hope my brother, I hope my brother John Moran understands I hope my brothers in Ukraine are doing good. I hope my brothers and sisters that we appointed in this country are trying to do the right thing. One can hope. I pray for everyone. Uh, we are all connected, so it all it, it all hurts me. It affects me in ways, you know. It, it it sucks that I have to even talk about this, but this is what it is. This is the news. You know, and this has been an experience. If you guys enjoy this episode, please share, comment, give give me some feedback. All the good shit, man. I need it all. Um, and th- one thing I will say: hold me accountable. Hold me accountable. As a black man in this country, and I'm speaking to black people. We need to hold each other accountable. That's the only way that we become better. That's the only way that we get ahead and break out of this vicious cycle, this vicious loop that, yes, systematically, it wasn't our fault, but now that we're in this shit, we got to figure out a way to hold each other accountable and break this shit for us. Hold me accountable. Because guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to hold your black ass accountable. (laughs) But this has been the Purple Experience. I am your host, Slim Diaz. And I'll holler at y'all later. He's out.